You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host as always. And as always, we have Brendan Ptolemy in to discuss regional markets. We're talking Caratha, Port Hedland, Newman, Margaret River, Denmark, Albany, Bustleton, Bunbury, all these areas that are not Perth today. So for everyone listening out there in the regions, we love having you listening along and hopefully we can add some value to your day. Brendan, thanks for coming in. G'day, Trent. Nice to be here. Sun's shining. Sun is shining. It's a fantastic part of the year, especially down south, not so much up north. And that sort of reflects just how well the, the southwest has been going recently because it's always been the last year or so about the northwest. Finally, we have some really good stories about the Southwest. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the Southwest market always has their little blips during the year when school holidays happen and, and everyone comes to town. I'm endlessly fascinated to walk through any town, whether it be up north or down south. When people are on holidays, where do they get attracted to? It's still the old style marketing. The, the real estate agent still needs a shop window in those towns because people love going to see what things are worth when they're in those locations. I reckon 90% of the people that look at those are tourists. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so they're, what they're doing is going, oh, I'm, I'm paying a thousand bucks a week to be in this house and they're trying to find something similar and work out what it's worth and those kinds of things. They, not all of them get the pleasure of staying with a property valuer when they're down there. <laughs> it's funny though, just how we just don't have that in Perth anymore. Yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a thing of the past and it's just nice when you're out in a country town, even somewhere as close as 2J and it's, it's, everything's on the window. Lancelin, for example. Anyway, where do you want to start? Yeah, so let's, let's go down southwest because oh, I think there's a good story to tell there. They've been through a similar market to Perth Metro where I recall having conversations with people that had their property on the market that could not attract any interest and it was their holiday home they decided that that wasn't going to be the case anymore or they couldn't afford it or whatever the case might be might have even been a family home that they've all decided to sell a generation of people had holidayed there and there was literally no buyers for and let's face it, a lot of the product down there is pretty good. There's a lot of great locations to go buy property through the southwest. And and so we had a market where there was almost zero interest. Now we're completely flipped that on the head. Obviously, we've had a once-in-a-generation pandemic that has made people question their own lifestyles and where they spend their money and they haven't been able to go overseas. All these scenarios that we don't need to, to go back over. But obviously, we've seen people go and put their money into lifestyle locally. And obviously, they've chosen to go and do that in the southwest. And so in Bunbury, so we've done a bit of a temperature gauge across all of these locations in the regional areas, a bit like a kind of traffic-like system. But Mm -hmm. I just thought that might help out people that are considering that regional location. Because one of those other factors here, of course, is the working from home idea. So, you know, most of us are probably only going to spend three or four days a week in the office in the future. And you think about that kind of long weekend away those types of scenarios where you can do one or two days a week from that holiday home and then be back in the office during the week and obviously Bunbury southward from there is all very commutable you can leave there early in the morning and be in the office uh, on the day that you need to be there by mid-morning so Bunbury's warm market was uh, showing really strong signs of growth and then it's calmed down a little bit so it's not unlike the Perth market in in the outer metro areas where it's going crazy and things have just calmed down a little bit and they're not seeing the value increase increases in contract on contract that they were seeing 12 months ago. So calm down and we've got the warm on Bunbury, okay? I've noticed that as well. There's, there's still properties in Bunbury and there's a lot of 
big lot, small old houses, a lot of fibro stuff as well. But there's still stuff that's been on the market for six months in Bunbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we go down to Busso. What I asked our valuer to do there is have a look at some of the REWA stats, and which are showing an 8.5% growth in value in, in Busso. And the comment came back that these stats are completely incorrect. I'm not having a crack at REWA. It's just this is the comparison between their numbers and average values and normally versus incorrect, what we're seeing on the, on the ground. They're normally incorrect. So we're seeing really strong value growth. Stock is pretty much being sold out all the time, as in over and over again. So you're saying it's more than 8.8? 8, 8. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It'll be a 10 to 20% depending on which location you're in there. There's limited listings and, and lots of prospective purchases through Busso. Why? Well, it's that lifestyle side of things and then there's an affordability side of things. So essentially people going, I want to be down south. It's a retirement type investment so i might want to be more in busso because of the infrastructure there or affordability so there's more medium density development in busselton and so it's easier for me to get into that market and i i feel safe around a bigger location than mm. say being in dunsborough or margaret river Does the airport make a big difference i mean we haven't even used it yet yep yeah <laughs> so the, the there'll definitely be a fifo part of this as in again we get back to a different type of lifestyle i'm going to spend my week or two off from my shift in Busselton and around that area and be able to fly in and out of that airport in the future. So I'm buying for the future as opposed to being able to be in Busso and work from home, those kinds of ideas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and there's a broader sector of the market buying through there or a broader type of buyer through, through Busso. A broader product. Yeah, exactly. Down into Dunsborough, pretty similar comments in terms of being really, like we're calling this red hot at the moment, uh, real restriction on supply. There's not a lot of choice there. Multi-million dollar properties selling for above asking price and above what we would have valued them at and decent price growth from one transaction to the next and an undersupply right across the bottom end of the product to the top end of the product. When we talk about people paying overs, generally you like to think, oh, it was an emotional decision. Maybe maybe they'll regret that, right? Yeah. But in a market where we expect ongoing growth, do you balance it out by saying, you know, if they wanted to make that decision, there was nothing wrong with that decision. That's where the new price point is. As a valuer, yeah. do you have the confidence to say that prices that people are paying above asking price in a place like, place like Dunsborough now aren't bad decisions? Yeah, it, it depends on how much we are above it and sometimes the property. So if we go and look at a property and it's got broad appeal for, a, say, a lifestyle point of view, uh, holiday home, it's a multi-million dollar property, Often you can see that why someone would pay 5 or 10% of overs. If you then get to a property that has some issues with it, poor floor plan or design or doesn't take advantage of views or is in a poor location or has some small knock on it, then that's when we get nervous and say, look, I think this person's a bit of an individual purchaser here and I'm not sure how broad the appeal is. And when they go to resell it, how many people in this market are going to be interested? So you and that's take when we it get back nervous. to nearly the conversation with the real estate agent to go, what was the second offer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we and when we're doing those valuations on people paying above asking price, we absolutely want to know from the agent how many people were interested, how many people put pen to paper, how many people nearly put pen to paper. What was that buyer profile? Were they from around the corner, across the road, or across the country? Mm-hmm. And then we start making our assessments from there based on the sales evidence that we've had in that location recently. If someone's paying ten percent overs then we're probably not going to value it at that we're going to go back to the bank and say hey look we think someone's paying too much here and we'll make that commentary in our valuation report okay so Dunsborough is red hot but that's not to say it's going to come off the boil no well we've still got a supply issue there so uh, if you're looking for a lifestyle property down there there's still a huge amount of demand for people still trying to get into that location and replicating whatever else is that's already bought in there. So yeah. it's less of a case of it's too risky. It's more of a case of it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 
Yep, Margaret Rivers, absolutely. So I, I can't get redder than red hot, but uh, <laughs> it's 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 similar duns for in the terms pan of red is hot. Boiled but, out. <laughs> it is run dry. Uh, so this was led by the rental market in there getting really constrained at the start of this year. And then that's now led into the, the capital market in terms of people buying. And there's just a massive lack of supply in, in town. And that's leading to price increases, people outbidding each other, real competition from both in town, but sight unseen buyers from outside of town. So that red flag to a valuer in terms of you don't buy a property that you haven't walked through or had your mate walk through and, and then do a bit of DD Especially on it or due diligence. Town. Yeah. So um, I'd caution people to be just wary of how, how they act and, and the decisions they make there. But it is really interesting to see that it's going absolutely crazy. And longer term, this is where we start going, oh, look, what's the fundamental economic and local economy segment happening within Margaret River? Is it sustainable? Are those rents sustainable? Are the returns on those rents sustainable? A lot of people buying this stock and taking it out of the rental market and putting it into the holiday rental market, mm. making some good money at the moment, but how sustainable is that? They're, they're the questions. My question is, I'm starting to hear of a lot of my mates not looking at Dunsborough, not looking at Margaret River, pushing across into the tingle top area of Denmark. Yeah, and... Uh, Quiet town, but yeah. seems to really have some pressure now. Yeah, uh, again, I, I was lucky enough to holiday down, down in, in Denmark earlier this year, around about Easter Amazing time. Amazing part of the world, isn't Amazing it? part of the world. Some just unbelievable coastline. Once you've put on your three layers of clothing and gotten used to the fact that you're living in Melbourne weather, you're going to have four seasons in one day, then it's actually just a, a crazy amazing place to live and to holiday. And the... The barrier has often been in the past that drive from from Perth to Denmark, but I think given that we haven't been able to go anywhere else, everyone gets that new appreciation of of the place as a a lifestyle option. We then also then go, in terms of demand, we trickle down to people going, I can see myself living here in the future. So those people that are investing now as a holiday home to move there into the near future, Mm. and that's bringing more of that I reckon that's what a lot of it is. I think with people not being able to travel, and not even go to the East Coast and thinking, well, let's create my own holiday. Yep. Even myself, I've had a bit of a jaunt looking around there. I'm, sh- I'm sure most people have gotten on realestate.com and looked around Albany, Denmark, Margaret, even go, oh, what could I get? Yep. And they go, it might not be for now, but I'd love to, you know, when my kids are older or my kids are gone or whatever it is, yep. I'd like to have a second house down there. And it's something that I think people haven't thought about for a long time. Yeah. And so we haven't got Denmark in red hot. We've got it in hot, but that's just because there's probably that slightly more amount of supply in there than, than and, and that Margaret River and Duns were going so crazy. Opportunity then? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't think you're going to be buying a bargain. Uh, I just think there's an opportunity for choice potentially. Mm. Yeah. Okay, next along. So Albany's really interesting because that was the first place that we saw the locals buy up all the stock and turn them into Airbnbs. Yes. So they took out the rental market as well as the purchase market all at the same time. And so that remains pretty hot. We've probably had their best value growth at the moment and we're just a little bit like Perth, just stalling before we wait and see what happens next. But again, beautiful part of the world. Probably a little bit less funky than than Denmark, but mm. still got some of the most amazing coastline you, you get in all of Australia. Very true. And you've got to head straight north now, don't you, to Kalgoorlie, I guess? Yeah, and uh, it surprises me to tell you that Kalgoorlie is, is hot and going really well at the moment. Someone's turned it up yeah. because <laughs> for a year and a half now, we've been talking about how Cal has got potential, but has been in bed for a long time asleep. Yeah, and, and look, there's been some real supply issue there in terms of some of the stock and quality of housing there in the past. But essentially, our value that, that works through 
through there is saying that there's plenty of sales activity, there's price rises in, in better quality product, better quality product selling really quickly as in there's motivated buyers to get in and, and buy decent quality product within town. There's some new investment grade product that's selling. So you look at that owner occupier in there's relatively strong, but also the opportunity to invest in town is still pretty strong as well. There's some remnant development WA blocks there that would be probably pretty attractive. You'd want to do your due diligence on whether you can get a builder to build something on there. Mm. But one of the things we like about Cal is it, it doesn't have its own accommodation for all of those miners that are coming to, to town to get involved in the gold industry or the nickel industry. And so you end up in a situation where they, that if they're going to hang around town that they don't need to rent something. So there's, there's still a half decent demand coming along there. You'd put a caveat on this to go, oh, look, this town is seeing growth because yep. the gold and nickel industries are yep. seeing growth. Yeah. The second that falls off again, yep. where does the oh, It's buyer beware in Cal it all is. the time. Just go and look at your charts and value growth and, and then uh, the, the value is falling away with the gold price over a period of time. But that's the risk you take as an investor. Uh, your rental returns probably looking all right too. Yeah, of course it is. As a percentage it is, but yeah. I, for me personally, all the hard costs of insurance, maintenance, things like that that don't change based on value. Yeah. For me, after all costs, the net yield is not really one that I'd ever be that interested in, but that's my personal opinion. Newman? We've got it marked down as hot at the moment. Rental growth and rental demand is still really strong. Buy demand's dropped off pretty quickly, and this is probably a little bit of a Pilbara thing. They go in these little spikes. Uh, I don't know whether it's almost quarterly or, or six monthly. seasonal? Yeah, you, you get that bang, like let's all buy something, and then everyone kind of walks away for a minute, lets it settle down and understands whether that's the new value level, and then the, then the investors come back again. And it almost might be led when you stand back from it by rental increases happening. So the investors get in at a certain level that's sustained by the current rental level. That goes up again and the investor gets attracted back in again. So By the it, yield. It, yeah, exactly. It's still a really strong market. It's hot. Stock level's relatively restricted. The only caveat there is there are, is some housing stock that's boarded up in town. And so I'm not sure how you get that renovated when there's no tradies to renovate it. Mm. But potentially that comes back to the market into the future. But it's not going to oversupply anyway. Brendan, everything's been either hot, red hot or pan dry hot. Yeah. You cannot tell me Geraldton's well, going to be Well, guess hot. what color I've made, Gero? It's hot. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. How is it hot? Uh, market has improved significantly is what our valuers are saying in there. Agents are receiving multiple offers on properties. Can you believe I'm saying this? No. Uh, <laughs> within the first week or two of the property being listed and some prices have come back to around the 2015 market value levels after five years of decline. So, And what is the impetus for this growth. There's no industry that has changed or improved in Geraldton in this time. I can't imagine there's been a massive amount of demand or population growth in the yeah. area. Yep. Supply, has it changed much? Is that what it is? No, I think it's just that consumer sentiment gets to a stage where it flips and you have that marketplace. Jero is a really good example of this where everyone sits back and waits for someone else to move. You start seeing the dominoes fall of some transactions and the pent-up demand that was sitting on the sidelines waiting to make sure they're getting a property as cheap as they possibly can come out of the woodwork and go, oh, hang on, I was I was going to buy that for that. And then they go, well, hang on, it's 5% more expensive than it was at its cheapest. I'll get back in. Yeah. So and then those dominoes. Buyers? Yeah, so a combination of local buyers and, and an out-of-area buyers. There's a bit of that decentralization of from the CBD happening there as well. So locals that might have been thinking about buying up there in the future of those kinds of things happening going oh well i'll buy them now yeah tell you what if that if <laughs> geraldton is hot what is port headland so uh, we've actually got port headland as hot 
only at the moment. So again, it's a very much like Newman in terms of, uh, and Karatha's the same, we can cover off on it the same, where they've had their express growth and then they're just having a little lull and ready to probably take off again. Probably not this time of year leading into the most humid and hot part of the, the world up there. We've got an example in my slide pack at the moment of a two-bedroom, one-bathroom unit in Port Hedland that someone bought at 135 grand. It's now gone up by 86% since mm. they bought it only a year or so ago. And that just demonstrates that exponential growth and why places like Port Hedland and Carrara end up on the, the front page of the paper in the future because they ebb out right down to that bottom level and then they see really dramatic growth when most importantly here that was a vacant two by one it's now a rented two by one that's probably had its rent quadruple since they put a rent on it to, to lease it out and it's all about yield it's yep. all about a very small level of supply yep. relative to the you know to any market and what that means is that when any level of demand comes through it's unsustainable yeah and so the only other part there is we can't create as you always say instant supply overnight into those locations Mm. and so that's why we'll also get that exponential growth because there's so much pressure on on accommodation so not too dangerous to be buying in there it's certainly a good time to have a look around because there's less pressure on the buy side okay well if we cover off that with Caratha, and i guess that's the same story you're saying no other points to be made No, we've seen a lot of locals buying in there. So people that saw the downturn, saw the bottom of the market, kind of missed the bottom of the market and have now, even though the price rise is in there, they're still saying, look, this is still an okay decision for me to make to to buy in and own in here. And how about Broome? Broome is red hot at the minute going absolutely crazy obviously there's a tourism boom going on here a little bit of mining stuff and stuff on the edges essentially an undersupply to quote my valuer from broom broom is going nuts so there's no rental accommodation there's 80 odd house approvals in play which is not enough supply to bring to the marketplace prices in uh, jugan and, and sunset rise and capel beach in particular have gone through the roof in the last 18 months heaps of sales activity in sunset rise over a million dollars and that we haven't seen those types of numbers in there since 2013. So it's a really hot market, even down to the caravan parks and those types of places being full because the, the backpackers, that in inverted commas, that hung around in WA, hospitality workers, still need somewhere to live as well and, and rents have gone through the roof. So if we noted evidence that regional WA is experiencing a tourism boom then and the, the property will follow on the back of that, then brooms our evidence of that. When the borders open up, do you think there's downside risk? To the regional market? Uh, More and more frequently are coming to the realisation that we obviously won't ever be the same that we were. So the concept that we're all going to travel internationally to the level that we were is definitely not going to be true. Uh, A lot of hesitance for quite a few years, I think. Yeah. And And restrictions as well. Yeah. Our CEO made the point to me a couple of days ago that uh, we're all going to get Delta, right? So Delta has to wash through the whole of Australia. Yeah, like the Um, flu does. Exactly. And so then where do we end up with people's confidence to travel after that? Because potentially... If you're going to Bali, still a third world country, are there other strains and those types of things that will be hanging around in the future? A long way of uh, way round of answering the question in that uh, I think people's flight to safety here will be sustained into the future, and that means that potentially those tourist towns are, uh, will be up. So not up in terms of property value, but up in terms of activity for a long period of Which time to come. Which sustains value. Yeah, exactly. That's a yeah. great story. Yeah. So then... Because we've know, been the, the ugly duckling brother for a, quite yep. a long time. Yeah. And I talked to my colleagues in Victoria recently. I haven't asked them this question directly, but when they come out of lockdown themselves, are they going to fly to Bali or are they going to fly to Broome? Uh, and I know, you know, or Darwin or whatever the other options are, but I know that 
or like Bustleton? At, at, at the moment, I reckon my family would be staying in Australia. So, yeah, we've got the whole of the East Coast to wake up yet. Amazing. Brendan Ptolemy, I love your work. Cheers, mate. This has been very efficient, but also really, really exciting for a lot of people who have only heard a lot of indifferent news about their towns for quite a while. Yeah. So it's great to hear that not only Perth, but the rest of the state is enjoying a, a boom time, is enjoying growth, some equity in their homes, but also the idea that going into the future, it should be sustained for quite a while as well. Yeah. Yeah, what a time to be in property. It's it's, it's crazy. It's, it's 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 a time that is is quite off-putting because we, in a way, don't feel in control of it. What like we did when it was a fairly flat market. Yeah, everything's changing all the time, but at least it's changing in an upward, positive way for all of us. Yeah, and and there's that variant in terms of the pandemic that we can't predict or control. You have to look further forward with some very different parameters around what the future might hold. So it's really interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Trent. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!